Let me just ask, when are you free? Like, dude, this is America. We're always free. What are you talking about, man? Welcome back to the Inside Podcast. I'm John, a.k.a. A Bad Case of the Mondays. Let me ask you something. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. Shit, no, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Huh. That was the perfect AKA because it is Monday, July 26th. Hopefully you're having an absolutely amazing day as always. Hopefully your weekend was absolutely splendid, full of sun and sunshine and no sunburn and no mosquitoes because mosquitoes are freaking annoying. Although... I've been having to deal with, like, flies. Like, flies are, like, a bigger problem. Perhaps not in all of Georgia, but at least around, like, this part where I live. Uh, Like, dude, flies are just freaking annoying. Either way, hopefully you're having an amazing day. My day going pretty swell. I mean, it's practically over. There's only one hour left in the day because I am recording this episode super freaking late. (laughs) And I'm tired. Uh... Why am I recording this episode late? No, I did not procrastinate. Uh, I was at a wedding shower, and not just any wedding shower, my best friend's wedding shower, and I was not going to leave, I was not going to leave that early, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, I kind of could have, but I'm the best man, so, like, it would just be wrong if I left early, and I'd rather just lose sleep than, you know, leave their celebration early, that's just not the right thing to do, uh, so, yeah, we're recording super late. It happens. We get over it. Uh, Speaking of recording things late, yesterday's episode, uh, finally didn't have to pull an all-nighter making a Sunday episode. Like, the new workflow actually worked out much better than I expected. Uh, Although, to be fair, kind of, I'm not sure if I had a really good sample to really determine how much better it worked because, you know this was kind of a situational thing since part three was like simpler than you know all of the other episodes at least the first two episodes uh in terms of like you know extra stuff being added sounds and edits and stuff being added uh that in and of itself kind of made it easier but you know even without that i do feel like the the works the workflow in general made things easier uh because like since I was going to have to use the same sound multiple times, like the nature sound, right? That's in every single transition of, you know, those episodes. Uh, the entire nature sound clip, right? It's, well, like three and a half minutes long. So if I just like put it in, so I, essentially what I have to do is put it in for each time that I would use it the entire three minute clip, then I would only select the first 15 seconds of it, delete the rest of it, and then do the whole like fade in, fade out type stuff, right? So doing all of that, that takes like what, I don't know, like 10, 20 seconds to do in total. But you know, it adds up when you're doing it multiple times for an episode. So instead, I just like, you know, made it into its own file, deleted all that stuff, did the fade in, the fade out, and then I was able to just like reuse that file, you know, that shortened version of the file each time that I wanted to use the instance of the nature sound, right? And so like doing all of that stuff for all the other aspects 
of the episode made it so much easier and so much more efficient to make. Also, compiling it all at the end was one, very, very satisfying, <laughs> and two, just a speedier process. Uh, so, you know, it, oh, I just hit the mic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I need to stop talking with my hands so much when I'm recording. Like, you can't even see my freaking hands. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it saves like, I don't know, a couple seconds instead of, you know, it taking 10, 15 seconds for each instance just takes like one, two seconds. I'm just dragging and dropping now. Uh, and you know, it's a pretty minute difference in terms of efficiency, but you know, it adds up in the end. So it's not entirely pointless in that aspect when you include, you know, not doing it only just for that one sound, but multiple other sounds and multiple other edits, it adds up in the end. It makes it more efficient. Uh, but also just, you know, making the entire thing was just generally easier doing it in pieces, uh, you know, kind of helped me manage the work better. So now I just need to like apply this workflow to the next ideas and the next month's worth of a series, which I still don't have an idea for yet. Well, like I have ideas, right? I have ideas that I think could be good for not necessarily like a three-part series, but, you know, could fit into a theme pretty well. I just need to, like, get it down. That's the hard part. Like, figuring out how I'm going to do it or how I would go about doing it. Uh, I have two weeks to do that, though, because technically this upcoming Sunday is, like, my Sunday break from Sunday Creative Episodes with the State of the Podcast address. So I just got to get it done soon or get it down soon so that way I don't spend 12 hours on that Saturday uh, kind of piecing everything together like I did the first time because that wasn't enjoyable at all <laughs> making the first episode of Legend of Addiction was freaking exhausting <laughs> second episode kind of equally as exhausting but that episode was also 10 minutes longer so for it to be equally exhausting is actually an improvement so yeah hopefully It'll be done. It'll be done. Like, I, no matter what, whether I figure out or not, there will be a Sunday episode, a Sunday creative episode, at least in two weeks. And it'll be a series. Uh, just hopefully it's good. <laughs> hopefully it'll be good. Uh, but completely not on the topic of making episodes. This is just something that, like, I really had to talk about. <laughs> because I watched a video today that was talking about space and you know like the billionaire space race i made an episode on this uh what two weeks ago i think yeah i call it was like a let's talk episode on the modern space race uh but essentially the main focus of this video was saying you know like space has very limited rules for how you can go about things or how you uh there's a lot more leeway and room on how you can do things because there aren't tight rules on space necessarily. Uh, so like, you know, there isn't really a way that we manage the things that go on in space. Like what we put in space, space debris, all that kind of stuff. Mostly in terms of just space garbage was this episode or, you know, this video and space clutter, uh, you know, kind of all that stuff. Although the video didn't really do a good job in terms of explaining it accurately. <laughs> like, 
like it was good if like if you know nothing about the topic then it was good to kind of get you up to speed on the topic but like when talking about the danger of space debris and all that well yes it is true that uh, space debris is a thing uh, and low or low earth orbit can get very cluttered i guess you can say uh, especially in you know modern times when we keep putting more and more satellites into space but the thing is due to atmospheric drag since the debris isn't aerodynamic because it's random right debris is random it's usually from collisions the, the atmospheric drag will eventually pull the debris into the atmosphere where it'll just get burned up and it won't even fall down to earth and that kind of in and of itself declutters low earth orbit if there is any debris it just gets dragged down so really low earth, low low earth orbit jesus <laughs> the clutter going on in there isn't as big of a deal as the video really made it seem. Uh, but all of that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm going to say. <laughs> Which is something to point out in case, you know, you thought otherwise. But what really caught my attention was talking about the lack of rules about how we manage stuff in space, right? Like, I don't really care about space debris or any of that stuff, but the lack of rules part, that really piqued my interest. And it got me thinking of scenarios i guess you can say uh that i don't think have an answer because it didn't necessarily need one like at the time that space laws were made or you know agreements that were signed against or with the you know leading superpowers of the world uh no one thought that or no one could have imagined that space would be as accessible today as it was or as it compared to the 60s when the space race began, right? Then it was only astronauts going to space. Even then, only a couple were going into space. Now, billionaires are going to space casually. So, you know, there there was no need for these rules back then. It wasn't a thing. But I think perhaps this is a thing that should probably be figured out, uh, especially with the commercialization of space. And I really couldn't find anything on it. Like, there is no written rules, at least publicly available, uh, that discusses this kind of stuff. And so, like, that, that may be problematic. Because uh, here's what I was thinking, right? Here's, here's where my head went. If I committed a crime in space, how would I be prosecuted? And by whom? Who would prosecute me? for said crime, right? Because at first I thought, okay, you would be prosecuted by the country, you know, from which you originate from, right? Whatever country you're a citizen from, that is the country that would prosecute you. But the problem is, one, different countries have different laws, and what may be illegal in your country may be legal in another country. And so, if you go from a country where something is illegal to another country where it's legal and you do those things you're not going to get in trouble because you didn't do those things on the soil of the country in which said thing is illegal right so like uh, example pretty simple example if the, the not if this is how the law works <laughs> the legal drinking age in the u.s is 21 right in the uk it's 18 
me. I am a American citizen. I was 18 years old, like three years. No, I was not 18 years old three years ago. How? What? Five years ago. Jesus. I was 18 five years ago. Damn. <laughs> Life is a fleeting thing. But yes, I'm an American citizen. Five years ago, I was 18. If at that time I took a trip to the UK, I could drink to my heart's content. And although it is illegal in the US for me to do so at that time, and I am a US citizen, I was doing it in a country where it was legal for me to be drinking at that age. Therefore, I can't get in trouble for doing it. So like, that's a pretty bad analogy for the space part. Okay, better analogy in terms of space aspect of it, to put it in the the space conversation, right? Age of consent. Boom, that's a good one. The age of consent in America is 18, right? Age of consent in the UK is 16. If a 23-year-old slept with a 16-year-old in America, the 23-year-old is probably going to go to jail, Right? But if the same couple, 23 and 16-year-old, got busy in the UK, totally legal, perfectly fine, right? And I'm talking legally speaking, not morally speaking. Morally speaking, that's kind of freaking weird. But legally, you're in the clear, right? So if the same 23-year-old and 16-year-old went to space and once again got busy, would that be illegal, right? You could say, okay, well, if they're American, then yes, but that's not how it works because they weren't doing it on American soil. No one owns space. There is no one country that owns space. There are no, no specific country laws that propagate past the country lines. Like <laughs> space doesn't count. So you're, you're, you're never committing a crime on any country's soil. You're committing it in space. So, because you're not in any particular country, none of the laws of the world would apply to you, right? Because legally, it's how it works. Because at least as far as my research, my limited research on this, th there is no other explanation <laughs> for that. Because like, there is no space government. There is no space jury and space prosecutors. They can't extradite you. Uh, from space to your country of origin because there is no space law enforcement and the only way a law can be enforced is by law enforcement so that there is no way for any law to be enforced so really space isn't just a physical void it's also technically a legal void you can technically commit any crime you want in space and you, you really can't get in trouble because like your defense simply is I didn't do it where it was illegal because technically you didn't like <laughs> like surely surely they thought of this though like I, I, I know they, they either they thought of this and they're going to do something about it in the future when it becomes more of a thing or perhaps they're just not going to do anything about it until something bad happens and then they have to do something about it because of course being proactive is more expensive than being reactive and that is bureaucracy 101 thank you for coming to my ted talk i will be here every day for the rest of this year but with that let's hop into the episode so this is actually a pretty well-timed episode 
because I was literally just having this conversation an hour ago at the wedding shower. Although, of course, you know, not this in depth, but I already plan on talking about this topic uh, prior to having that conversation. It's just crazy how things work out, I guess. Either way, like I said, or not like I said, like you can kind of read from the title, <laughs> we're talking about Space Jam 2 somewhat. Uh, but more in the topic about sequels and reboots in general, because like I think this Space Jam is a perfect example of how I feel about reboots and sequels and whatnot, right? So I've never seen the original Space Jam. Well, I hadn't seen the original Space Jam until last Saturday or this Saturday, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I watched it before I watched uh, this new one because, you know, I wanted to kind of see, you know, how they're related, how their differences, uh, you know, things like that. And you can't really compare the second to the first if you've never seen the first. Pretty, <laughs> pretty obvious. Uh, the first one was pretty decent, I guess you could say. I feel like I probably would have enjoyed it more if I had watched it as a kid because then, you know, I, I would still have my innocence and imagination, you know, so that way I wouldn't really judge the movie as hard or be as critical of the movie because, you know, the world had yet to taint all that. <laughs> but even with that, I will say the first one was pretty enjoyable. It was a pretty good watch, uh, especially when compared to the second one. And the reason I say that is essentially the same reason as to why I don't like most reboots. And that's the fact that the original interpretation of a concept, it, it, it comes from a place of creativity. It comes from a place of trying something new, right? You there's, a, there's more passion behind it because it's a new project, right? It's a new idea. It's just being created. Most of the time, the reboot is just a rehashing of the original concept, thus ruining the thing that makes the original great, which is originality. And you, you can't fake originality. And in my opinion, originality is what makes a movie or a show good, especially for someone like in my position who has seen so many movies that I have more memories from movies than I do from my actual own life. Right? It gets to a point where it feels like you've seen everything, right? like every movie concept, every movie trope, every scenario, every misdirection, to the point where you can easily predict what is going to happen in a movie just from the first few scenes and like, you know, the first couple character introductions, because a lot of it is just a rehashing of old things that have already been done before. So like in that scenario, it's refreshing to see something like new and ingenuitive, right? Like, there are so many ideas and concepts that have yet to be explored and perhaps may never be explored because, of course, making a movie or the making of movies is a business. And the point of a business is to make money. So you're less inclined to take risks because, you know, making a movie in and of itself is a very expensive thing to do. And the only reason why you do it is because you expect to make that money back and then some, right? That's how you make a profit from making a movie. And so, theoretically speaking, it's smarter to return to something that has worked in the past 
and to try something new that might not work, right? But that inherently ruins the movie because why would I watch a rehashing of a story that I've already seen when I can just watch the original, right? And and that would most likely be better because they aren't trying to copy anything. And when you copy something, you have to try to make it seem like you're not copying something, And so you're putting more effort into trying to make your movie slightly different than the one that has already been created instead of just creating something new, right? You're already making a bad product, at least in my opinion, that already results in a bad product, right? On top of that, it's so much harder to try and add differences to differentiate your movie instead of just creating something new, right? And so... To make it easier, they just call it a reboot, right? So now you don't have to worry about, you know, making differences necessarily because this product is going to be under the same IP as the original. So we can just reuse those concepts since, you know, it's the same title anyways. And then reboots are essentially just a cash goat, which is like a combination of a cash cow and a scapegoat. You get a cash goat. (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) But it's just like it's quick, easy money just capitalizing on the nostalgia of people who are desperate to relive uh, the original highs of seeing a movie that defined their younger life, all while having to do no extra work of, you know, creating a new concept. So in theory, it makes sense to focus, you know, on reboots because it's easy money for less work, right? And... Personally, I just feel like that's kind of grimy because they're just taking advantage of fans who love the original story, right? Like, I look at all the live-action remakes that Disney made of, you know, like, all their classic movies, like the live-action Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, or the other ones, Aladdin, yep, Aladdin was in there, uh, Jungle Book, I think the last one that I'm missing, Dumbo, boom, Dumbo, yeah, uh, but there are a bunch of kids who grew up on these movies, right? They've defined a generation. And now that generation is old enough to be able to spend their own money. So essentially, they're just like, okay, we can take advantage of them, you know, wanting to reconnect to their childhood by just remaking the movies that they like. But instead, we'll do it with better technology. And instead of making a new story or even sticking with the original story, we'll absolutely just gut the story so that way there's less stuff to animate. Because, of course, realistic 3D animation is expensive and that would cut into the bottom line of all the mo- of all the money that the movie's going to make. And, of course, they already know they're going to rake in a bunch of money just because of the title, right? Lion King. Everyone freaking loves Lion King. So they're going to go watch it. So you put as little money into making it you're already maximizing your returns. So, like, they pumped out remake after remake, essentially until people began to catch on that, you know, these these remakes freaking suck. <laughs> and when they caught on, you know, they stopped paying money to go see them. And then once that happened, the remake stopped. Like, perhaps you may have noticed there has not been another live-action remake of a Disney classic in a few years, that's mostly because the last few that came out didn't do so hot. Those being uh, Dumbo and Aladdin. And 
I, I, I'm not sure if that's a really good sample size to use for them, at least, because, I mean, Dumbo really didn't have that much of, like, a generational impact, at least in my opinion, didn't have that much of a gener generational impact as the other ones did, although Aladdin is an absolute classic, I freaking love Aladdin, the original Aladdin, uh, like, easily one of my favorite Disney movies, the live-action Aladdin was egregious, <laughs> to say the least, like, that was just, that was a sad one, but perhaps it would have been, you know, a little bit better to, if anything, just stick to the original story, and maybe they would have actually found success, but I'm honestly not that upset that they stopped doing them, because I'm glad that they just stopped desecrating the legacies of these, like, awesome original movies, so, like, what, what happened to taking risks and making movies from passion and not from greed, like, I know passion doesn't boost your market share, but maybe, you know, that's better than just alienating the entire market as a whole, right, like, it's the passion that made these original movies timeless, and the passion that is put into the work is then matched by how passionate the audience feels about the work itself, the love that is put into each character is then matched by the love the audience pours out for each character, right, it, it's, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship between making the movie and viewing the movie, right, if it was me in the position without considering, you know, any of the other stuff that goes into making a movie, and just considering making the movie itself, I wouldn't focus on making reboots and rehashing ideas, right, I would just focus on making a product so good that in the future, everyone else is trying to reboot it and rehash my idea, that just sounds kind of better for everyone involved, but hey, you know, I'm not the one <laughs> in the writing room making these decisions, uh, it's people that, you know, make millions of dollars from making these decisions, if they want to pay me to make decisions, I, I will gladly, hell, I'll do it for free, <laughs> just for the sake of good cinema, but, you know, not up to me, uh, Space Jam 2, just as a ending review for the movie, I guess as a whole, honestly, freaking sucked, like, <laughs> it, it just wasn't good, like, I mean, first off, I mean, this the same you can say about Space Jam 1, where, like, I mean, athletes are athletes for a reason, actors are actors for a reason, it's very rare that they cross over and actually succeed, uh, just, LeBron ain't a good actor, bro, I mean, he's a better actor on the court when he's flopping around on really soft files, so, you know, I, you would think that he would be good at acting, but no, <laughs> I'm not flaming LeBron just for the sake of flaming LeBron, but it, it just wasn't good. The story itself was stupid. Like, okay, we have to play a basketball game to get my son back. Why? <laughs> like, I, I don't get also, why don't you just like stack your team? Like, I, they kind of mentioned it in the movie slightly, but, like, if I'm in LeBron's position, like, 
Dude, I'm getting the Iron Giant. I'm getting... Who else can I get that's a Warner Brothers character? <laughs> who else would I... I would get... Oh, oh. God, what's his name? God, I can't think of his name. But you get what I'm saying. I would just absolutely stack my team with the most OP characters possible. I would not freaking pick Looney Tunes. Like, <laughs> that's a bad idea. <laughs> That's how you lose, okay? You pick you pick freaking animals, like small animals. No, you pick the gigantic freaking robot. Like, that's an easy dub. You ain't got to put in work, man. Like, that's the smart way of doing things. The concept, I mean, I get it. It's, it's still technically a kid's movie, so I'm overthinking it. But, like, the story just wasn't good. It wasn't, like, <laughs> it, just, it just wasn't good. Personally, if you want to watch Space Jam, watch the original. It's just better, in my opinion. It had nothing to do with, you know, the Jordan-LeBron conversation. Just the movie as a whole was better. Mostly for the reasons that I said in this episode. Just originality makes the movie better. When it comes to... This is, like, not necessarily a, a deciding factor. <laughs> Or, you know, uh, uh, something that would move the needle, in my opinion, on the movie. But just, like, the conversation that was being had from the original uh, trailer that was released for this movie. Uh, and that was about <laughs> about Lola Bunny and uh, her animation. So, like, especially after watching the first one, then the second one, watching them back-to-back, there is a big difference. <laughs> In the way she's drawn. And like I get it. Like they you know they didn't want to sexualize the character. As much as you know she's been sexualized before. And that totally makes sense. Didn't make her character any worse. Uh, because of it. Her character was bad. Because she was poorly written. Like. <laughs> it had nothing to do with how she looked. She was just a poorly written character. As all the other characters were pretty poorly written. But also. If you know. If it's a big deal that she wasn't sexualized in this movie for you, I hope you realize that, like, the internet is a thing, right? Like, <laughs> if you're getting your fix from a movie, first of all, you're already doing it wrong. Like, <laughs> you can just, like, just Google it. Just Google it. Like, you don't, you don't need a movie for that. Just Google it. Also, don't be a furry. <laughs> but if you like this episode... For the podcast, give it a like, get a follow, get a rating, all that good jazz. Let me know it. Like, of course, if you do like it, share it with your friends because good friends give friends good things, and you want to be a good friends. So, give your friend a good thing, like an original podcast and not a reboot or a rehashing of a podcast. That's a good thing. Give it to your friend. If you want to follow me on social media, it is at guy without a hat on the IGs, and as always, 8 a.m. Eastern, same time, same place, every single day. Day. I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. It's Monday. You can get through it. <laughs> stay hydrated. Stay healthy. Stay safe. I will see you tomorrow. Yeah.